Our scripture reading this morning is Exodus chapter 2, verse 1 through 10. And our message today is entitled, The Birth of Moses. This is the Lord's word. Now a man from the house of Levi went and took at his wife, a Levite woman. The woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him three months. When she could hide him no longer, she took for him a basket made of bulrushes and daubed with bitumen and pitch. She put the child in it and placed it among the reeds by the river bank. And his sister stood at a distance to know what would be done to him. Now the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river, while her young women walked beside the river. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her servant woman, and she took it. When she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the baby was crying. She took pity on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call you a nurse from the Hebrew women to nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. So the girl went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. When the child grew up, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses because, she said, I drew him out of the water. May the Lord bless us in the reading of his holy word. Children, can I have your eyes on me, children, very quickly? I want you to say out loud, what do you know about Moses? Who is Moses? What did he do? Yes, Noah. He parted the Red Sea. Who else is, what else did Moses do? Anyone else remember? Yes. That's right, the stick turned to a snake. Yes, Audrey. He talked to a burning bush. What other stories do you know about Moses? Yes. He's God. Well, Moses spoke in, in place of God. Good job, good job. <laughs> Anything else? Children. All right, good job. From now until March, children, we're going to learn about God and Moses. So what I want you to do when you go home, ask your mom and dad, mom, dad, there's a Bible study, there's a devotion that the church has prepared. Can we read those things together and learn more about Moses? And as we learn more about Moses, to learn more about God and what he has done and what he has accomplished. Praise be to him. Now, a sermon series through the Old Testament is very different from a sermon series in the New Testament. That is because we understand the whole Bible as a one big story, a story of God's redemption. In other words, a story of how God has saved his people. Exodus 1 and 2 sort of sets up the stage of, of Adam and Eve having fallen by taking of the, the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. 
And the question from there on, from Genesis 3 on, is how can God restore his relationship with humanity? And so in many ways, from that point on, all the way through Revelation, what we are looking at is the story of God's grace towards you and towards me. But like a lot of people, we are impatient. We want to know what has God done for me now? We want to know what will God do for me now? As you heard in our prayer today that many of us pray for 2024 and look forward to what God will do for us. And there is nothing wrong with that. It is actually good for us to give our lives to the Lord and to expect him to do things for his grace and his glory in us. But all too often, we go too quickly to what is it the Bible's teaching about who I am and what I should do. Instead of looking at the Bible and asking the question, who are you, God? And how have you accomplished what you have accomplished so you can love me, so that you can help me, so that I know that I have the hope that you'll be faithful to me in the future because I've seen your faithfulness in the past. And so as we go through the book of Exodus here, we're going to see God interacting with Moses, interacting with Pharaoh. We're going to see the Israelites and their response to Moses. And we're going to see how God himself has prepared his people to understand their relationship with Yahweh God. And in so doing, we ourselves will grow in our understanding of our relationship with this faithful God of the past. So in many ways, this, this sermon series is not about what is God doing for you. It's more about who is the God who has loved you. And who is serving you. So I pray as we go through the series in Exodus, that these stories of God himself will impress upon your heart. His magnificent grace, his magnificent mercy. So here we are in Exodus. Let's set the scene. Remember, there's this great, great famine. And the brothers of Joseph have come down. And they start to live there because the famine is everywhere. And Joseph said, just come down, everyone, all your family members. Let's, let's come down and let's start a new life here in Egypt. And as they do so, they begin to multiply. The nation becomes bigger and bigger. And Pharaoh, right, Pharaoh is simply the king of Egypt, gets upset because the people are becoming too great. There are too many of them over against the number of Egyptians that are there. And they're worried that because of this growth in population, that they will overtake them. So Pharaoh does something very cruel. Pharaoh declares an edict that every male child should not be allowed to live, but only the female children. And this edict was to control the population that was there. But we can understand, we can see how, how almost evil 
This edict is a genocide of a people, a reduction of the population. Mothers being asked to let their children die of exposure. And the Hebrew people themselves were understood that they were becoming great. And they understood that they were becoming a stench to the people of Egypt. And it wasn't simply that. The work that they did in building bricks. Do you remember the story? Perhaps you, you watched the movies. They had a quota of the number of bricks they were to, 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 to make, to build the great, uh, great edifices of the day. And they said to them, listen, we'll keep the same quota, but you need to find the straw yourself. We're not going to provide for you the raw material of straw that you need to build bricks. And they complained. But this was all so that the Egyptians could have the Israelites under their thumb to control them. Now, if you were an Israelite during that day living in Egypt, the question that you have is simply this. God, where is our land? God, where is our temple? God, where are you? The Israelites were living in exile in many ways. Wondering if God indeed was present amongst them. They were suffering. Work was hard. They weren't allowed to have the families that they desired. They've heard the stories in the book of Moses about the promised land. And they were wondering, God, where are you? Now, God is a God that does beautiful and marvelous things in the midst of suffering, in the midst of the darkest times. God has a way in the stories of the Bible to show almost the complete evil of the world and the evil of humanity in order that when God shows the brightness of his grace and his mercy, that the people of God do not get confused. That we do not get confused. Now, some of you know that our brother August is in the hospital um, right now. And I know he's watching and we'll go visit him today. And I had the pleasure of visiting him yesterday. And he's in a hospital with many complications. And in situations like that, you think to yourself, why is my body breaking down? All of a sudden, the future that I saw is not the future that might come to fruition. But talking with my brother and praying with my brother and seeing that he sees even more clearly the gospel and the love of Christ in his life touched my heart. And when he returns, he's, he's going to come here and share with you what God has done for him. 
But it's amazing, right? When God does good things in our lives, oftentimes it's so easy to confuse that with simply our own ability or simply the world itself being kind to us. But we forget that God himself needs to have all the glory. And so the beginning of the Exodus, the setup for you and I is very simple. God wants you to see that without a doubt that what is happening, what will happen in the deliverance of Israel is only God and nothing else. That all glory and praise belong to him and no one else. And so in the midst of this darkest time, what happens? Baby is born. And this mother refuses to let this boy to perish. But after three months, she realizes, I can't hide him anymore. So she makes a basket in love, places the young boy in the basket, and places it out in the reeds on the river. When I look here at our church, I look at all the young children that are here, I do not need to appeal to you mothers about how difficult that is and how heart-wrenching that is. And yet the hope of that mother is that somehow salvation will come to this young boy. And then by God's grace and God's mercy, Pharaoh's daughter, the daughter of the king of Egypt, came to bathe. And they found this young boy. And Pharaoh's daughter had mercy upon him. Great mercy upon him. And she said to one of her servants, find someone to wean this child. In other words, find someone to raise this child until he is of age. And mothers, again, I don't need to tell you how, how beautiful this story is to you, right? They went and they found who? His mom. And the mom was in charge of raising her son for Pharaoh. And then when Moses became of age, the mother handed Moses or him over to Pharaoh and that household later in life. This story of God's grace and redemption for Moses is a story of how God himself has worked in the life of this one man, Moses himself. And how that grace to Moses has spread to, the, to, to bless his mother. And eventually we'll see to bless all of Israel as well. 
there's something beautiful, right? Here at CCPC, again, all these children. And there's this great blessing of when you see a child is born. I think the person who's blessed the most when they see a child born, sorry, it's not the mom, it's not the dad, it's the grandmother. And then second, the grandfather, so usually the grandmother. And you can understand, because even in the book of Ruth, right, the, when, when they have a child, it's, it's the mother, Naomi, who, the grandmother, Naomi, who's the most blessed. Why? Because they see that the birth of a child is the continuation of God's blessing in their family. And they rejoice. Now, you as parents, you're just tired because your kids are up all the time. But the grandparents see what? The continuation of God's faithfulness, not only to their child, but now to their grandchildren as well. And there's a joy in knowing that their lineage continues and that they themselves and their families will continue to serve God himself. This story here is a story about God's faithfulness. Where will the next prophet come from? Where will the next priest come from? Who is going to lead us as a people? We have no leaders. We're, we're slaves here in Egypt. We have no government. We have no one bringing us the word of God. And God, in his faithfulness, chooses this young man, this young boy named Moses. And praise be to God that he does not choose someone of noble birth. He does not choose someone of noble education. But just a boy born of a Hebrew woman looking simply to save her child. And this story for the Israelites, for them, is a story of grace and hope that God Himself has not forgotten. Brothers and sisters, in our very own lives, we often forget that there is a God himself who has provided for us someone to follow, someone who leads us. And the story of Moses, the beginning of the story of the redemption of Israel, is a story that points us forward, you and I, to know that Moses himself, who delivered Egypt, uh, Israel out of Egypt by parting the Red Sea, who said that by parting the Red Sea, by having wonderful signs to Egypt, like turning that staff into a snake, that this Moses who did these things to, to show the power of God, that this Moses was simply pointing us forward 
to someone else who would be born as a baby. You see, in the history of redemption, births of children, encounters with God, seeing the Lord's hand in these events is what propels God's grace further and further forward. You and I are blessed to know that it is the birth of Jesus himself that the birth of Moses looks forward to. Jesus himself was put in a manger, whereas Moses was basket of reeds, both places of humility, both born in poverty, both born from women with no real reputation one way or another, unknown. And yet, like Moses, Jesus was born to save his people from sin. We ourselves know the story, and the story encourages the believer in knowing that this man, Jesus, who was born like Moses, would do miraculous signs for you and me, would part the sea of sin so that we can go through, be baptized, and welcomed into his presence. The story of the birth of Moses has prepared the people of God for the story of the birth of Jesus. That the signs that the humble birth of Jesus were already there in Moses himself. And we look forward We look forward to the time when Jesus fulfills his duty as a son of God. Now let me go back to what I said before in the very beginning of, our, of this message. When a baby is born, oftentimes we, 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 we enjoy that time. I hope many of you enjoy your, your children. But there are some of us who are waiting and saying, what are they going to be like when they're 20, 22, 24? I look out here, some of you guys are that age. I'm like, yeah, you guys were baby once. You guys were little kids once upon a time. And we look upon them and we, we think back, especially as older parents, of what they were like when they were children of the seminal moments that they had, perhaps that, that time when they got that scar over the, in their forehead or whatever it might be, like Harry Potter, right? Well, whatever it may be. And we see the man or the woman that they've become. And we see and understand that they needed that whole time to become who they are today. Now, we as parents... I pray that you are patient and loving 
And you get excited when you see your kids grow and their personalities come out. The story of the birth of Moses, like the story of the birth of Jesus, like the story of your new birth in Christ, it's only the beginning. Have you ever wondered, and this is when I was a teenager, I always wondered, Jesus, why couldn't you just come as an adult, just die at the cross, and let's just be done with it, right? Why do we have to have this long story? Why do you have to be bored? Why do we have to wait 30 years, you know? You know, Mary knew from the very beginning when Jesus was born that he was, be, he was going to be someone special, the Son of God himself. And it's like, I could hear Mary going, why do I have to wait 30 years? Why do I have to raise this kid for so long? And perhaps even like the, the Egyptians, why do we have to wait so long for the story of Moses to unfold? It's because the stories themselves, right, tell the story of who Moses was supposed to be, who Jesus is, and helps us as God's people. As the narrative unfolds, to know who they are. We are only at the very beginning. For those of you here who are new in Christ, or perhaps with our new elders here, new in your roles, perhaps new parents here, right? New motherhood, fatherhood, perhaps new in, in your job or whatever it be, or whatever it might be, something new and challenging in your faith. Don't worry about getting to the end point. Simply be faithful to God, knowing that he'll be faithful to you. The humble beginnings of the Christian life, the humble beginnings of a Christian in society, the humble beginnings of a Christian family, the humble beginnings of a Christian servant and leader. This is where God wants us to be. So in humility, let us walk with the Lord. He's been faithful. He has been faithful. And he will be faithful to us today as well. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we come to you as your people. And we are but babes in many ways, Lord God. Father, we are amazed that when we, as we grow more in our faith towards you, we realize there's still so much to learn about your love and your mercy. And we are humbled. We see ourselves more naked, Lord, as we grow in you. We see ourselves dressed in these humble trappings of, of flesh, knowing, Lord, that you will redeem all things. And we thank you, Lord God, for these stories of vulnerability, 
for these stories of your handiwork. For we know, Lord God, that you clear all things so that we see clearly your hand at work. And so be with us here, Lord God, as individuals, as families, as a church. And show to us once again, Lord, our weaknesses, our vulnerabilities, that we can see your hand at work when you call us to us in love, in grace, and in mercy. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.